Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Reconciling Grace. This is Pete Vecchi, and it's good to be with you today. I'm joined today by Pastor Don McDonald, P. Mac, Pastor Mac, and by Pastor Josh Kugel. Pastor Josh is going to be leading our discussion today, talking about social media platforms and children. Does that sum it up, Josh? As far as where we as far as where we wanted to go with that. Close to it. Um, I think I think we're going to talk about social media and children, but I think we have to acknowledge first of all that social media is having a hugely negative impact on all of us. Um, I don't think we recognize that so much. I just want to start out by saying that uh, that social media um, negatively affects your mental health. And they found I've seen studies that have listed over a hundred ways that it hurts people. And, and then we'll get to kids after this. But I just wanted to go over really quick, just really quick. Ways that social media negatively affects your health. First is it, it, it really negatively affects a lot of people's self-esteem. I talk about this in sermons all the time. You look at somebody else's life on social media and everything looks perfect. They, they have a beautiful house that's perfectly kept. Their kids are always happy. They're always eating at the best restaurants. They have more money than they can. And then you find out, because I'm a pastor, I know some of these people personally beyond that, you find out that their life is nothing like what it looks like on social media, but you're constantly comparing yourself to their best and feeling worse and worse about yourself, or you're constantly posting pictures, hoping someone will like it and they don't, and you feel bad. It's just, it's bad. Uh, it takes away human connection. We've seen this during the pandemic, just this reliance on social media. You don't have human connection. This is just, social media is also really bad for destroying our memories, just like uh, Google Maps is killing our ability to navigate places. Social media is hurting our memories and we're not able to, to remember things because we have access to look back when we start forgetting something. Um, it's affecting sleep like crazy. People are not getting anywhere near the sleep they used to. And part of it's because of social media. Um, it's affecting our attention span. And this is where, especially when you talk about kids, you get on TikTok or Instagram and you just scroll and you're entertained for three seconds and then you entertain and then you're done and you have to find something else to entertain you for three seconds. I remember when I was a kid and I watched TV, um, you could go uh, 40 seconds to two minutes on one scene. And now if you watch TV, the scenes change like this because we don't have the attention span anymore. And, and uh, we're starting to see the negative impact of this in classrooms and everything else. And so I, I just thought... Hey, and, and it's also, um, I think they're finding over and over again that when you look at Generation Z and beyond, um, that many of them are looking at quitting social media for good as 41% of Generation Z say that social media platforms make them feel anxious, sad, or depressed, like constantly. So there's just all kinds of negatives as we look at it. But here, here's where I want to go today. Um, I, I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I used to be on Snapchat when I was a youth pastor and I got off of it. I hate Snapchat. I think it's horribly inappropriate for teens, but we'll talk about another platform. I always get links sent to me from TikTok. And a lot of young people are on TikToks, but on TikTok, but a lot of people are all ages are on TikTok. So I kept getting these links. I finally said, you know what? I'm just gonna get an account on TikTok 
And uh, just so I can follow these links and so I can be, you know, in the know and be cool and everything. Because, you know, if you're a pastor and you're not cool, you're, you're really not living to your call, I think. Cool, so, cool, huh? What's that? Cool, cool. Oh, man. When you say that, you're immediately not cool, though. But <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I get a TikTok. And I don't know if you guys know TikTok very well. Do either of you have a tick? I know, Pete, you said you didn't. I, no, I don't have one, but I mean, I see, I see TikTok show up in a Facebook feed, for instance, you know, like yeah. things like that in there. But I didn't realize that you could actually, I shouldn't say realize, I, I've never actually tried to subscribe to anything like that. Well, TikTok, it's an app on your phone. It's also, you can, you can access it from your web browser. It's short form videos that are supposed to be immediately entertaining. So, and you can see how our attention span is being affected as we rely more and more for this. So you've got a 15 second video followed by, if you scroll down, you've got a 10 second video. If you scroll down, you may have as much as a 40 second video. And they're supposed to hook you really quick because if they don't hook you really quick, then you're gonna scroll past it to look for something that immediately entertains you. So you've got kids all day that are just scrolling, scrolling, looking for quick, quick, quick entertainment. And some of them are literally three and four seconds. So, but that's not really what I wanted to get at. These are funny videos. They're user content, meaning there are users all over the world that submit these to TikTok. They, some of them put a lot of effort into them. Uh, some of them have special effects, but most of them are just people talking, um, maybe acting out something really quick. Um, a crime being committed, something like that. And there's a funny tag to it. Some of them are football things. And so I, I get a TikTok and by default, and it doesn't ask for your name. There's no personal information. You don't even have to be truthful about ages or anything like that. So by default, after I get a TikTok, it shows me, it selects what they think that most people will like to look at as they log into TikTok. And I was shocked that this widely used app by young people thinks that the average user when they log in wants to look at what it showed me to look at. The, the, the F word was commonplace and I'm talking not uh, once every 10 or 12 videos, I'm talking like every other video and many times five and six times within 10 or 15 seconds in a video. Many of the times the F word was used, it was a sexual usage of it, which there are even standards in, in movies and all about how you can use some of those things. Um, there were girls that were 12, 13, 14 year olds, barely dressed in anything, doing very provocative dances. Um, there, there were extremely sexual situations. They were glorifying drug use. And I'm not just talking about like marijuana, I'm talking about like hard drug use. Um, and, and I'm thinking in this, that I could very well be, and just putting myself in somebody's situation, I could very well be uh, a 12-year-old boy whose parents said, hey, we got you a cell phone. We want you to use it. He goes on. All my friends have TikTok. He downloads it. And he's presented with the exact same list that I am. Parents never know about it. There's all kinds of stuff about um, gender questioning, about uh, sexual ethics, about everything and about embracing and all. And it's just nonstop, like opening uh, a, a fire hydrant just straight into your, your of, of every worldview out there. But what killed me is that TikTok assumes that the average user, when they first started TikTok, that this is the content they want to see. So first, I think that's telling about our culture and about young people 
Second, it's telling about corporations that they have no care whatsoever for morality at all. They don't see themselves as any kind of a goodwill to society or anything like that. They're just about the money and getting uh, the hook in as quick as they can. And when you take in all the social, all the, the mental issues that come from using social media, now you throw it at this, this quick, 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 quick hit with all these things that just, and man, and then you get to parents are spending hard-earned money to put this technology in their kid's hand and have no idea what their kids are being presented with and being able to use. And, and, and man, if they're following the rabbit trail, um, my goodness, it's easy to see why so many young people are getting so far away from God, so far away from church, so far away from their families, so far away from tradition. And I'm sorry, I'm just kind of talking. I could probably talk for another hour. I, but I think so, it, Josh. Go ahead. I know with Reconciling Grace, the intro says that sometimes we don't totally agree. And yeah. One of those where I'm like, I, I've read through the material at length about the great danger of social media. Yeah. I've also read through the material that says that social media opens doors to relationships that haven't been opened in a long time. Absolutely. You know what? And, and yeah. I think I love your heart and your aggressiveness <laughs> on what's going on. Cause I'm not saying that's not true, but what I am saying though is, you know, it, it feels like, this thing called social media as negative and as draining it is in culture is as building as it can be too. And, and, and my, my counter argument to what you're saying, Josh, is parents need to be thorough in their understanding of what these social media platforms are. Parents have to sit down and lay out the structure of which, you know, I have a lot of parents that say, okay, these are things we need to know you're doing on your phone. And, and we need to be aware of that so that, and here's where you and I differ a little bit, mm -hmm. Josh, is that you take this teachable moment to <laughs> say, listen, this is what a Christian should do when presented with these negative things, because these children are going to have negative things all their lives. And they have to make, you know, to say, I, I keep looking at Deuteronomy 6, where it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. And I love the phrase, impress. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them down on your door frames of your houses and your gates. While I agree that the social media platforms are not good mental health, they're a part of us that we can't totally deny. So therefore, in my mind, when I sit down with my youth groups, Rather than saying the social media platform's wrong and look at what they're presenting, I'm saying, how are you using a filter to understand mm. what a Christian is supposed to be doing in reaction to this? So I tend to be a little bit different from you in approach. Okay. Because rather than stating aggressively, as beautifully as you have, and I've read the same studies, 
um, that reality of how negative and evil they are, I'm saying, hey, if they're here and you're doing them, listen, Hebrews 6, 4 through 8, you, 9, actually, you need to be aware of why you shouldn't be looking at it, or maybe God's using you to be a positive light in that setting as you use your social media. So, mm. so I tend to say, yes, it's negative, but if you're there, use it to somehow proclaim Christ. Use it for, for, for some good. I'm running to Genesis 50. Remember, you know, Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery, and Joseph looks at him there in Genesis 50 and says, you know what you meant for bad? God used for good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm thinking about the book of Revelation, though, where uh, the, <laughs> the, 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 the technology and all the, the powers of the world, and if you don't, if, you don't, uh, if you don't take part in it, you can't take part in culture. And we're called to avoid uh, the, the, the evil corporation, the evil government. The, and so I, I don't know. I, I do, I mean, we, we've talked about this before. We're in, uh, in um, Belize when I was there before. Uh, I, I drove out into, with, with the group I was on a mission trip with, we drove out into the boonies where they didn't have electricity and the people were all out in the, the, the yards, they were talking with each other. They knew everybody's name and everything. We started driving back. And the second you got to electric poles, um, you started seeing that nobody was out of their houses anymore. They were all uh, inside watching these flashing blue lights, which was the TV. So they had lost their community and everything because, and now when I go to uh, schools, when I go to even movies, in the middle of movies, I see kids there just scrolling. And, and you're right. I think we have to look for ways to redeem it. I think there's some good to social media as well. There's, uh, for example, I have people all over the country because I'm in ministry. I've served in several places that I can see what is going on in their lives, see the pictures and everything like that. But one thing that, that, uh, one thing that COVID has taught me is that online is never going to take place of, of in person. Um, and it's not just for worship, it's for friendship and everything else. But when we get to kids, there's a lot of people that say, look, you need to put your kids, even your young kids into the school, in the public school, even if they're rough, because they need to be a light in those schools. Um, I'm just going to tell you, I completely disagree with that approach. 100% totally disagree, because I think our young kids need to be discipled in a Christian environment. Sorry, that doesn't mean you shouldn't send your kids to public schools. That's not exactly what I'm saying. But our kids are not supposed to be missionaries at age five and six. Um, and so the same thing is true for what I'm saying here, at least what I think is that, and again, I'm not saying don't send them in public school. Don't, don't right. hear that. Right. Um, but the same thing here is it almost seems like from your perspective and, and I may either have it wrong or I'm just going to push back. Cause I know we do disagree, which is healthy, which is good. Right. Um, I don't think we should put something into our children's hands that they have to navigate and see if they can figure out at a young age, not being discipled fully, not being protected when it's our role to protect them and everything that they need to figure out how to use for God. When the powers that be promote it as something that takes them away from God. Um, and I'm, and the reason I say that is because by default, everything that was showing up in my feed was, was ungodly, was unholy. And, and I'm not going to like, I, I sense you and I are both navigating the tension 
and it's yeah. tension. And, and that's something, you know, as, as you guys are listening to this podcast, neither Josh and I are saying, yes, you know, don't do this and do that. We're not saying the extreme, but what we're saying is you need to be aware of what is out there. You need to be aware of what Josh ran into a TikTok and how the logarithms were set up for to suck you into TikTok. You need to be aware of that. And as you're aware of that, y'all know your own children and what they're capable of. And if they're not strong enough to make decisions for themselves, then Josh is 110% right. Don't put them in that situation. Yeah. You need to step in. But if you know you have a child, and I had children that were way too intelligent beyond me, um, then you can sit down with them and say, listen, this is not of God. Why? And what I'm doing is I'm fulfilling Deuteronomy 6, looking at mm. through 9. I'm impressing on them as a learning curve what you need to do to understand Jesus in this setting. Now, ironically, yeah. Josh, what was surprising to me, and then we better let Pete in. He's just sitting here with his hand <laughs> on, listeners on his chin, like Josh and Don are going at it again. Uh <laughs> I'm fine. I, I, I'm I'm listening. I'm, I I think you guys are hitting a lot of great points. Um, but I, my youngest one, who's just graduating U of I, he's been part of Campus Crusade for Christ. And how did that go? There's a movement now where you become minimalist. That was the word he used of yeah. social media. Yeah. And yeah. he's early twenties. And it's like, I don't want to be engrossed in social media. Like it was, I don't want, cause I noticed he wasn't picking up on some things I was tagging him in. Yeah. Uh, and, and I was concerned at first because mental health is a concern in our bloodline. And he said, no, dad, I'm cool. It's just when I was doing Campus Crusade for Christ, they said the number one detractor from spiritual growth, which will feed into what you're saying, Josh, mm. social media platforms. Yeah, and guess where affairs start? Guess where? <laughs> exactly. You know, it's, it's, and it's not to say there's not quality content on there. Some of my favorite pastors post on social media. If you even go to TikTok and you get through all the garbage they put on you at first and you can click not interested, not interested, and they quit, eventually they stop showing you that. Right. And then you click hard on something that has a good family or a Christian message, they'll begin to show you a little more of that. So there is a way to get to that. But your 13-year-old boy in his room, yeah. I, I hope you trust him well enough. I just don't think parents should be so naive into thinking, well, I can give him what all of his friends have and it won't negatively affect him. I, but I think the point is parents give, which means parents better be impressing. Yeah, I agree. The best, I agree. The best. parents need to be involved in, in yeah. what's happening more and more in our culture is uh, school and government is taking away the responsibility and the role of parents so that we trust them for more and more. And I think God's call to a parent today is, look, you got to take that back because it's not their responsibility to raise your kids. Um, it's, it's your response. You are the one that I blessed with your child specifically. Well, and how, and how dare you farm that out to anybody else to make decisions for? Well, and you and Josh, you and I are right on the money on that one. I agree with you yeah. 110%. So um, Pete, what do you have to say? Josh and I have been doing the dance. <laughs> You're bringing up some excellent points, both of you, and um, I, I don't really see that you two are really disagreeing. It's funny. I think that you. Oh no, we are. I'm. I'm so against him. Yeah, yeah, that's saying. But I mean, that's that's what I'm. That's what I'm hearing is that you're you're kind of coming at it from different points of view, 
And the reality is that it's out there. You know, I, I keep trying to, what I'm thinking about is if I take this out of the area of social media and then, well, you brought it up school or whatever, you know, one of the things I was thinking about was what can kids handle? What is right for kids to handle? Mm. Is it necessary that every child is at certain age able to handle xyz for instance i'll give you a perfect example that's that is amoral meaning it's not moral or immoral it is amoral what is it that is a magic number about age 16 to be able to drive a vehicle you know but that's basically what society has said if you're 16 years in one day you can get a license if you're 15 years and 355 days you can't so what I'm getting at with this is the um, the social media stuff. One child might be able to handle more and one might be able to handle less. Well, Pete, how many times have you been in a grocery store and seen a, a two-year-old being carted around in the grocery cart? Can't walk, but has an iPad and they're, they're scrolling through stuff on an iPad. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm not saying that that's, that that's a good thing necessarily, but I'm just saying... I don't know that we can come up with a one-size-fits-all answer as yeah. to what is good as far as social media or not. Um, various different things go on in, in various different kids' lives. The one that I remember, and here's a perfect example that that was a moral issue for me. Um, this was probably back 20 years or so ago when there was a church in the Dayton, Ohio area that was getting some notoriety on the news because it was around um, pro-life Sunday, you know, January 22nd, um, mm -hmm. Roe versus Wade thing. And they were actually showing on their, posting on their church outside walls, pictures of fetuses. And I don't remember yeah. if they were, if they were all, alive or you know or, or if they i shouldn't say like if they were all been aborted or if it was just saying this is the this is the size or this is what a fetus looks like at this point and there were some people who just said you should not show that kind of stuff and they're saying look if you don't know the horror of this how are you going to know mm -hmm. to be against it and yeah. one of the people one of the people who i knew who was very 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 pro-life a very anti-abortion said yes but i don't want my kids seeing that kind of stuff yeah you know and that's what I mean. Every kid is different. And that doesn't mean that we should just throw these things out there and, and let everybody have, have everybody go at it here on social media. But there is good, but there is also bad. I think there's always got to be a balance in, in, in things that we do because it's being in the world, but not of the world. But you have to survive in the world the way that it is. Um, you know, I, I just hate to think what's going to happen in this world if we have a sudden Internet outage. You know, what happens if all the grids go down? You know, what's going to happen to the culture? What's going to happen to the society? How many people will not know how to do anything? Yeah, you know? I think we're, we're to the point we're too big to fail, Pete. <laughs> well, you, you, you would think, but I mean, seriously, what if everything knocked out all the internet and all yeah. the, just think of all the financial institutions, all of the, all of the electric grids, all everything else that goes on. You know, we, we, we go nuts when there's a power outage for an hour and a half, you know? I mean, well, I, I tell you what, Pete, if somebody tells me that I need to go somewhere that I've never been before, I would not be able to make it without Google and um, without Google Maps. 
Yeah. And, and, and I think that's what social media is also doing to our kids. And we're doing it from age two to age three with iPads in their hand in the grocery store where they can't sit still for a minute. It's following us through, but that's all I can complain about stuff all but, day long. But Josh, <laughs> where I'm feeling it, Josh, um, well, a couple of things where, boy, we're yeah. so early tonight in this podcast. That's cool. Number one, yes, we did have a major internet outage here in rural America, wiped out all transactions because everything was done on the internet. When you swiped yeah. card, it went through the internet. So it messed us up for a good two, three days with no internet for the record. Okay. Um, number two, in, in my mind, when it comes to action, because that's the question I'm sort of asking myself, hearing I'm preaching, teach, and usually when we preach and teach, we say, what's a life application to this? You know, and I know time is probably winding down on us, um, is, okay, is, you know, we, we agree, I think we all agree that social platforms need to be approached with great care and great caution. I think yes, we yeah. all can, can agree on that. Yes. I think also I agree with the negative effects it's having. You know, um, my daughter Joy is full clinical licensed counselor in Michigan, and I know she spends a lot of time with adolescents in particular, early adolescents, saying, hey, you need to turn off that social platform because that's not reality. Mm. And we need to talk about what reality is. Um, so I'm totally in agreement on that. And I also feel that each parent knows what each child, like Pete was talking about, is capable of. But I say that as long as they're not absentee. Exactly. Yeah. Which which my, my wife's a kindergarten teacher. I can just tell you there's ab, ab, there are more absentee parents than there are engaged parents. Huge. I agree. And they're yeah. counting on the school to do the raising. They're counting they are. I'm I'm in 110% on that. I'm blessed yeah. with you know young families in the life of this church where the where the parents are fully engaged with their children and it's so yeah. beautiful to see that well, yeah can it also be too that the that the parents themselves are so engrossed in social media yeah that yeah. the kids are getting neglected and that happens too i mean but i mean let's not be as hard on this generation of parents as we were because remember when the television used to be known as the babysitter <laughs> you know, and that's when that's when I was growing up. You know, I mean, I grew up in age, front of the television. Age. Yes, but I'm saying I grew yeah. up in front of the television, yeah. and yeah. you know, I think I think that the that the internet and that social media and cell phones, I think that it's magnified it, but it's just kind of the way people are. Mm. Well, I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm one of those that just believes. That as a pastor, every once in a while, I got to tell parents to wake up and and look at what their kids are doing just so they can be a good parent. Because um, we, I, I think we talked about it before, with a phone in your hand, you can do about a million different things. Yeah. And, you know, if, if we look at, at, at pornography statistics where, where many young people at age 11 see their first hardcore pornography, because many times we put a phone in their hands, social media just is another thing but so often we just think well i can trust my kid or they'll never do that or we don't recognize that the technology is as powerful as it is 
And I got to tell you, when Meta comes along, Facebook just changed its name to Meta so they can start doing this VR stuff through Oculus Rift. And so you don't know what that is. It's putting goggles on and you literally virtually, but you, you go somewhere or you talk with someone and they want for the future to be where you can have real life connection and communication as though you were with someone. So it'll be as though you're in a room with someone else. So I see this changing education and everything in the future, but this is just getting more and more, um, I don't know, something where godly parents are going to have to take a step back and say, look, do we really need this stuff or how are they using this stuff? Or how can I, how can I encourage holiness? Because we like sheep follow the crowd. Um, so, and I think with this particular chapter of reconciling grace, Pete, it's social platforms and children on purpose, because the, the concern I have is that these kids know that there are other choices besides the social platforms. And, and that, that's the role of the parent. It's the role of the church. Um, now, we did have a forum where we invited a sheriff in, and he talked about the policing side of social platforms and the scams and all that. And so I think the church needs to be a catalyst to say as bad as it is, as good as it is, you need to sit down and be responsible to see both sides and emphasize the good side. You need to understand it's there. And that's why I'm not at all in disagreement with Josh in terms yeah. of negativity of it. But I also think there's a positivity to it that needs to be equally represented so that people can see both. And I think that's sort of where I'm coming from on it. As I say, I think it's kind of the way that our culture has moved. It's gone to a to that type of a um, interaction. That doesn't mean that it's good. It means that that's where the culture is. I, I think I've said many times that the thing is, we as preachers, we as Christians, need to be able to reach people where they are, not where we wish they would be. Mm -hmm. And um, the thing is, I think we all wish that a lot of these things wouldn't be going on. But if that's where people are, that's where we need to reach them. And Josh, I think you're absolutely right. We we sometimes need to stand up and 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 be the the voice of, hey, do you see what's happening here? Pete, one last thought. The Amish have a way of, set, of, of, of navigating this, too. So, yeah. I was thinking, believe it or not, I was thinking about that. You know, and the, and Amish, and the Amish are a fast-growing faith community. Mm -hmm. um, while many of them in the U.S. are not. And I'm not saying I like <laughs> their <laughs> theology necessarily, but I, I wonder sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, exactly. And, and as I say, I don't know that we have all of the answers, but I think the fact, Josh, that you're you're saying this, I think can serve as a a, a warning, a a you know, just kind of hey, be careful what's going on out there. Yeah, this yeah. is what's happening, folks. And if you're not aware of it, um, this kind of stuff can swallow your children. Guess what? It can swallow you too if yeah. you're not careful. And so, um, yeah, I think this is an important thing for us to look at and for us to discuss and know as the church, you know what, we, we want to realize that this is there. That doesn't mean you have to use it. It doesn't mean that you have to stay away from it. But when you use it, use it in a way that will glorify God. Mm. So, yeah.
Anyway, I guess I summed that up. I don't know how, but <laughs> usually, <laughs> I usually, I'm not, usually I don't have that summary, but I did that time. But I think it's probably a good time for us to, uh, to be starting to sign off unless anybody else had anything they wanted to say. So I'm good. Uh, yeah. Well, let's do that then. Let's just get ready to sign off here. Um, you know, folks, talking about social media, if you want to email us, that's kind of a old-fashioned social media, but you can do it at rg at faithandfriendsradio.com if you have any questions. Uh, we do have a Facebook page for Reconciling Grace. Go to Reconciling Grace podcast. Feel free to answer or ask a question or make a comment there. Um, just a reminder that our participants here have been uh, Pastor Mac, Don McDonald, who is the pastor at Danforth, Illinois Reformed Church, Pastor Josh Kugel. I'm going to do this by memory, Josh. First Baptist Church of Lyman in Gulfport, Mississippi. I think I got that right. And uh, so Josh is pastor there. I am on staff at Christway Community Church in Pleasantville, Ohio. And uh, so it's good to have all of you with us. And we hope that you'll join us again for another episode of Reconciling Grace. This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace. Reconciling Grace.